This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. There are a lot of things that matter to me. Family, community, culture, and peace of mind. Hi, it's Wilmer Valderrama. And when balancing life, I have to say nothing brings more comfort than having support. And when it comes to ensuring those things that matter to you the most, State Farm offers the support with an agent available in person or on the phone to discuss your coverage options. Support when you need it, however you choose. That's State Farm's way. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Tengo diabetes. Yo, asma. Estamos en riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocócica. 19 años o más con afecciones crónicas como asma, diabetes, EPOC o enfermedad cardíaca o tienes 65 años o más, estás en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocócica. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar 20, una vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocócica con una sola dosis. Aunque te hayas vacunado previamente con otras vacunas contra la neumonía, Prevnar 20 puede ayudar a proveer protección adicional. Prevnar 20 está aprobada para adultos para ayudar a prevenir infecciones de 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumocócica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Los adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. Los efectos secundarios incluyen dolor e hinchazón en el área de la inyección, fatiga, dolor de cabeza, dolor muscular y en las coyunturas. Para obtener la información para la prescripción completa, llama al 1-855-213-2138 o visita Prevnar20 en español.com. This is He Said, Ella Dijo with Eric Winter and Rosalind Sanchez. We have a really cool guest today. I'm excited uh, to talk with Justin Baldoni from Jane the Virgin. Yeah, smart and handsome and talented and, and a truly special human being. I think this interview is going to be Really, really nice. He has so much to say. His book, Man Enough, on defining masculinity. He has a podcast. He has a studio. He's directing movies. He's producing. He's doing a lot of stuff. Happily married to a beautiful, his beautiful wife, two kids. Um, so it's going to be a good one. Let's just enjoy Justin. Hello, hello. What's up, guys? Nice to meet you. Yeah, we have never officially met. We were, I was just saying, Ross, have you met Justin before? And I, th- I feel like we know a lot of people who know you, and, and <laughs> but we've never officially yeah. met. Yeah, no, I've never had the pleasure. It's so nice to meet you both. You're in, diff- you're in different places, clearly. It's a mess. Yeah, he's in LA. I'm in Puerto Rico. Uh, yeah, it's, been, that's how <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> five months Five months apart. We're on month... Uh, what is it? Month oh, one, like maybe six wow. weeks. Yeah, we'll, that's uh, hard. Oh I don't. So <laughs> I don't wrap until April. She doesn't wrap until June. So we got to figure out a meeting point at some at some point in time. Oh, the industry controls our lives. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever been in a situation like that? Have you ever had a situation that's kept uh, you apart for that long? No, we have a we we have like a a ten day rule. Yep. So we've never, we haven't been apart longer than 10 days in 10 years. 
So let me ask you that because I we we talked about this before on the podcast and before we even dive into we want to talk about you and talk about all kinds of stuff. But oh, are, are we starting? We're already starting. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, great. Yeah, we're starting. <laughs> we're, no, we're st- we're, we're st- <laughs> we don't have to start, but I think this is great. <laughs> so wait, we you know we used to have like a fourteen day rule that was the sort of rule that we had heard many people had when we first started dating, which has been I don't know, we've been together sixteen years now, um, and. It was easier to maintain when one of us wasn't working on a show. Yeah. Now, it's so hard. both working on a show and not just that, but no nonstop flight to get to each other. You know, you're talking like a 12 hour travel day. Um, mm. You know, kids, you can, you can figure it out in, in that regard. You can take a day or two away from the kids. So the kids, Eric, the kids are with you. Yeah. Kids are with me because they're both in school. Oh, you got to be, mama's got to be just aching. Oh no, I'm so Hi. sorry. Like, like, like depression, like, listen, when I'm on set, because I work crazy hours, it's more bearable because I'm busy, you know, and I'm doing yeah. my thing. It's the, it's the quiet times when I come back to the villa and I just go, what am I doing? What am I doing? You know, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's intense. It's oh, intense. I'm so but sorry. I know. So what would you well, do, Justin, in your, in this situation? How, how do you, how do you handle that in this situation? I'm curious. So you, if you know, you obviously, you know, you have to ask a line producer for your days off. You have to hope they grant them to you. <laughs> then you have to go travel 12 hours. Yeah. Well, first of all, I think it's important to say we're talking about very first world problems. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, but you know, again, and we, we have this 10 day, two week rule and it's arbitrary. Really what, what it is for us is it's a bungee cord it's for us to always be keeping the marriage and the family in mind um, as uh, as capitalism and the industry tries to pull us apart. Yeah. Um, so, so for, you know, and I, I stopped acting after Jane the Virgin. I haven't acted in three years. I've all, I'm, a, I'm all, I'm only directing and producing now and I'll act again. But, and my wife uh, made the choice to stop acting uh, when she had, our kids and she became an entrepreneur and she has a company now and we're always kind of like it, it's a little bit like um it's like jenga <laughs> you're just you're trying to figure mm-hmm. out like what piece you can pull and you know when i go make and i go direct a movie that's three months where i'm gone she's been able to bring and come with the kids and do her work from where we are but that's going to eventually change soon mm-hmm. and we're recalibrating now because our kids are getting older they're four and six and not can't just rip them out of class when they're you know going to be in third and fourth grade at some point. So what we're doing now is just trying to be really mindful. The first step is, do I really need or want the job? Mm -hmm. Because there's a part in all of us, especially in this industry, those of us who've been in the industry for a long time, 20 something, 20 years like myself, I'm sure you guys as well, is, Mm -hmm. is you come up feast or famine. And so you're always thinking from scarcity versus from abundance, right? So this idea of, oh, do I need that job? Do I want that job? There's a part of our brains that just goes, oh, but I, th- I got to take it. That's the first thing that you got to quiet. And then the, the question is, well, what is enough? And it's a question that I never asked myself until I started doing deep, deep healing work and until my wife started asking me, what is enough? How much do we need? How much money do we need? How much success or fame do we need? What is enough? We never ask ourselves that question, especially in America, especially in our business, Mm -hmm. because we are trained to think that we are less than. We are trained to think that somebody else has more than us, or if we just get to that point, 
then we'll have enough or have, have, have enough fame or have a high enough quote on a TV show or be or have a better ratings on that. Well, whatever it is, there's always a place where we're just not enough, especially as parents, by the way, which is another conversation. Um, so asking that question really helps then inform for us all the other things. Because if I love the job, if the job's super important, if I'm following my dreams, I want my kids to know that. And then I have to also be willing to be away from my kids in the process and not ask my wife to you know, uproot her life. So these are all things that we're talking about in real time because I'm going to go make something at the end of the year and it's going to be months. And how long can they come? How long can they not come? Is it worth it for me? Am I going to have tremendous dad, dad guilt? Like I'm sure, Rosalind, you have tremendous mom guilt being away right now just because it just lives in you. These are all the things that, and there's no perfect answer. It's mm-hmm. individual to every family, to every parent, to every person. Yeah. Well, you know, I think for Eric, it's easier uh, to ask that question to himself and, and answer the question of, do I need it? Is it, how much is enough? I think for you, I don't know, I'm speaking for you, and I apologize, Eric, but I think for you, it'll be easier, but I'm wired differently. Yeah. It's almost like, Listen, I love my family with all my heart. I give my life for my kids, for my husband. You know, it's like, it's everything. But I love work. And I don't know if it is part of, I have worked so hard and I have struggled so much to be able to get to where I'm at. And I'm not mm. even halfway what I thought I was going to get at there this age. I mean, so I almost feel like I'm swimming and swimming and swimming. And saying no to something that I think it's good, it's hard. Even so even putting putting it in a in a, in a balance going, but this is so much more important. My family is like it's not a day. It is this is so much mm. it's so important. But then I just go, but work brings work. And I love working and I don't function well if I don't work. And I love you know what I mean? And it's that constant battle of I feel that. It's it's crazy. But you know what? I'm at age now, I have the kids one ten, one four. I think at some point very soon. I'm going to have to have these discussions with my pillow and God and be like, you know what? Like you just said, when is it enough? I've done a lot already. And with your husband. You know what I mean? It's crazy. <laughs> Erica, so she did She's leave like, you out. Yeah, you she did that? leave you out she of that. that just with my God, pillow. her pillow. <laughs> what the, what the <laughs> heck? Not my husband, clearly not. My pillow answer is better because <laughs> the pillow doesn't talk back. <laughs> That's the problem. <laughs> Got in my pillow. Yeah. And then and after by- we consult, I'll bring it to Eric and tell him my decision. Exactly. And by the way, <laughs> there's a kind of thing where she'll ask God a thousand things and God's like dropping signs everywhere. And she's like, nope, not what I wanted to hear. Not what I wanted to hear. I don't see that sign. I don't see that sign. <laughs> yeah, no, you, I really, I really connect with what you're saying. Um, one of the things I learned from me, you know, I'm somebody who I, I I've spent, I spent years on a TV series, but I wasn't even present. I was so busy building everything else mm-hmm. that I wanted to build. Uh-huh. And, um, and you know, whether it's, whether it's writing or speaking or, you know, building our studio and all of the, or my nonprofit, I just became, my identity was wrapped up in what I was doing, whether mm-hmm. the good I was doing, the way I was teaching, what I was, all of that stuff. And what I learned, the deeper I went, in those quiet moments when nobody was around in therapy and asking myself and feeling into it was that everything I was doing was a trauma response. It wasn't even because I wanted to, it was, what do you mean mean a trauma response? It was a response from my childhood of not feeling seen or loved. It was inside all of us. And I guarantee it's inside you and in you, all of us actors have it. That's why we feel so much. We're creatives. We're artists. This, this idea that we need something or we, or 
when we have a hard time saying no to something or we just work, work, work obsessively, a lot of it comes from a deep desire as a little child to be seen, to be loved, to be noticed, to be valued, to be recognized, to be accepted. And it wasn't until I realized that in myself that I was willing to go like, oh, I can say no to that. I can say no to that because adult Justin doesn't need it. Kid Justin needs it. And learning how to distinguish between what's like a response to my wanting to be seen and appreciated and loved and what's something that as an adult, I'm like, oh, I could see myself going, oh, that sounds great. Oh, I'm excited creatively about that. And it took me a long time. It's like making a choice between something out of fear or love. Yeah. I mean, Ethan, I mean you'd be my therapist. How much do I have to pay you? Yeah. <laughs> I was about to say, you, you tagged Rosalind immediately. Like, I was like, Rosalind, childhood trauma being seen. <laughs> Nailed that. I'm here. I'll, you know, I'll do you one better. I'll give you my therapist number. How about that? <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, love her. She's, she's Latina. She's great. Is you know, she? Oh, awesome. It's yeah, really awesome, Justin, to hear you. You know, it's funny. As you talk about how you were, you know, you were on Jane the Virgin for years and you're, you're doing the show and you're obviously acting as a passion, but you had so much other drive to accomplish things outside of being just a work for hire. And that's something that Raza and I have been, uh, we both have that in us as well. Like it's a joke on my show that I'm always on my phone and I'm always working. Like I'm, I'm literally in between scenes. I'm still working on stuff that we're working on because I'm trying to do, as like you said for yourself, you're building something outside of just this moment on a TV show as an actor of what, you know, what you're doing. Um, and being on a show obviously provides you some of that flexibility financially. You know, you're taking care of, you're on a show that's working. You have, you're able to expand your business. So I, I admire and, and love to hear another person in the business say something like that. And clearly you're succeeding in those dreams. You know, you're building a lot. You have a book, you have a foundation, you have a company. Um, from the beginning, were you always a creative as a kid? Did you want to be in the entertainment business or was an entre entrepreneurial spirit something that you had more? What was it? Um, I, it's, it's funny. This is, this is part of the work that I'm doing right now. I was always extremely creative, but I, uh, I never had the confidence to think that I would ever end up here ever. My dad was in the business. My dad was, uh, my dad was, the guy who basically invented one of the founding fathers of the product placement industry. So whenever we're, we wow. have to hold something a yeah. certain way, you know, that was my dad 35 years ago after, after ET. Um, and so I grew up kind of like adjacent to the business and, um, and my mom was an artist. So my dad was a businessman. My mom was an artist, like a, like a painter, a designer, a feng shui master, a, a hippie. So I, so growing up, I was also an ugly duckling. So I never in a million years thought I would be an actor. And I wasn't very good in school because I didn't really learn the way that other kids learned. I was much more kinesthetic and artistic in many ways, but I, I had trouble reading and focusing um, and I was bullied a lot. So I wasn't thinking about what I, I didn't have a dream in that way. What I did know was that I loved cinema. I loved movies, I loved TV shows. Those were my escape from the real world, which was too painful for me. I was extremely empathetic and sensitive. So growing up, I just, you know, being an ugly duckling, never really having the girls that I like, like me, you know, loving movies and TV. It was a natural progression for me to eventually get to the business, but it was just so far away. Cause at 10 years old, we moved to Oregon and 
I couldn't have been farther away from the industry. My dad was commuting back and forth to LA. Um, so yeah, I, I, I never had, I never, it, it wasn't really a dream that was a tangible thing. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for, or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I often get asked why I'm such a big fan of wrestling. And it's all thanks to my grandma. Growing up, we would watch matches together and that bond turned me into a lifelong fan. Hi, I'm Freddie Prince Jr., and on my podcast, Wrestling with Freddie, we know how important it is to have the right teammate, because things can get pretty tricky quick. So, when things get complicated and you need help, State Farm gives you options. They show you what's possible for ensuring what matters to you. One of the things that matters to me sharing memories, and revisiting wrestling's greatest moments. And with State Farm's support of the Michael Tura Podcast Network, I get to do just that. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite Michael Tura shows wherever you listen to podcasts. Tengo diabetes. Yo, asma. Estamos en riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocócica. 19 años o más con afecciones crónicas como asma, diabetes, EPOC o enfermedad cardíaca o tienes 65 años o más, estás en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocócica. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar 20, una vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocócica con una sola dosis. Aunque te hayas vacunado previamente con otras vacunas contra la neumonía, Prevnar 20 puede ayudar a proveer protección adicional. Prevnar 20 está aprobada para adultos para ayudar a prevenir infecciones de 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumocócica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Los adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. Los efectos secundarios incluyen dolor e hinchazón en el área de la inyección, fatiga, dolor de cabeza, dolor muscular y en las coyunturas. Para obtener la información para la prescripción completa, llama al 1-855-213-2138 o visita Prevnar20 en español.com. So what was your first, I don't want to say your first break, but what, at what age you actually started acting or, or like getting into the business? Or taking classes, a, anything. Yeah. I took, um, in college, I, I got to college uh, via track and field. I went to Long Beach State and I had torn my hamstring in high school. I was super depressed and uh, I took an acting class, I took an acting class in college. I had wanted to act in high school, and I read about this in, in Man Enough, but I, ha I would have had to choose between soccer, which I spent my life playing, and theater. There's no choice. I had to choose soccer. Theater was just something that was going to be fun. And I related to the theater kids a lot more than I did the jocks because I was on the soccer team. I was one of the star players, but I was bullied by my own teammates because I was sensitive. Oh my um, God. So it was this very, it was, an, it was kind of an interesting dichotomy of being very fit and athletic and yet very sensitive and emotional and not really having a place, which has kind of carved out the work that I do now with masculinity. So uh, I took an acting class in college. I loved it. Um, I, I got into a relationship. I got my heart broken, got cheated on, um, 
some other traumatic things happened in that relationship, which I do write about. And then I found myself in an apartment building sleeping on my, uh, my dad had kept this office for like a few hundred bucks a month in LA and it was, it was empty. And I slept on a couch in this empty office. And in that building, I met a manager who asked me if I was an actor and I was like, no, but I'll do anything right now. And that was how I fell into the business and I, I started working shortly after. But then honestly, uh, really found my love, which was filmmaking shortly yeah. after that. So I was trying to figure out like, what am I? I didn't, I don't, I don't really know how to do either. I didn't go to school for either. Oh, wow. And then learning how to kind of teach myself and carve my own path in this very weird, strange business. Did you ever go to, to directing school? Did you actually go to college for directing at some point? Did you take it? No, I only went to college for a year and a half. Um, and then, and then, and then fell into acting and started working right away. Learned how to act on set. Um, Mm -hmm. didn't, didn't know. I, remember, I still remember the first time I was on set. I was like, I would do this for free forever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like someone telling me what a mark was, you know, seeing the cameraman trying to follow me around. <laughs> but I found myself more interested in what everybody else was doing and what all the roles were on sets. Oh, um, yeah. And so when I got an acting job, I was studying what everybody was doing and learning and asking the DP questions and wondering like, what do those lights do and things like that. And so mm -hmm. I was, so my school was being on set and I started directing music videos maybe a year and a half after starting acting. And that's oh. when I got, I was like, Oh, this is my thing. Oh, wow. This is what I love. Um, and then kind of took off from there. So you knew already, even on when you got ugly Betty directing Jane, the Virgin. same I mean, I'm thing. Sorry, I said, okay, I'm sorry. Jane, the Virgin. I said, Jane, the Virgin. Both the first based time. on the telenovela. Yeah, I said Jane, the Virgin the first time. <laughs> my bad. What? It's okay. Eric, yeah. I, I auditioned for Ugly Betty once. I don't know why I said that because I said Jane the Virgin the first time. All right, when you did, <laughs> when you did Jane the Virgin, because I was like immersed in your story, you already knew directing was going to be your path. Well, I had so I had quit acting to direct uh, for almost three years when I got Jane the Virgin. Oh, really? Before that, so, even. yeah. So I had okay. left. I had stopped acting when I was twenty five or 26 uh part of it was my choice the other part of it was i couldn't get an agent or a manager um i had had some success the lowest point for me as an actor i was in a i was in a long-term relationship with a with an actress in my early 20s and uh i had kind of like helped her got signed her with my manager you know and she kind of blew up really quickly back then and when she when she left that manager, the manager dropped me to punish me, and I remember I remember going like, "Oh, this is where I am. <laughs> this is the this is where I am," and I had to really evaluate: Did I love doing it? You know, I was auditioning for the same guy. I was Italian. People were trying to get me to play Latino. Um, I was just I, I was always shirtless. And I was like, this doesn't make me happy. What am I doing? And so I stopped everything and I started, I started directing and creating. And I spent the next uh, three years making a documentary series called My Last Days, where I traveled the country and I told the stories of amazing people who were dying of a terminal illness to learn how to live from the dying. And I found myself there. That's where I belonged. I didn't make any money. In fact, I lost money making the show. My house went into foreclosure that I had bought of my series I got when I was 21. 
And I was happier than I'd ever been. I had met my, my girlfriend, who's now my wife, and I was fulfilled and so broke. And I had no idea what I was going to do with my life. And I wasn't acting. And uh, I, was, I started directing commercials and paying the bills that way. And, um, and when my wife and I got married, it was actually this week, seven years ago, um, because this, I'm, I'm fasting right now. I'm a Baha'i. And in the Baha'i faith, every year we have a period of fasting between sunrise and sunset for 19 days. And so it was during the Baha'i fast this week, seven years ago, that the directing manager that I signed with uh, sent me an audition for Jane the Virgin. And I hadn't acted in three years. And then here, here it came. We had no idea what it was. I had read the, I had read the audition sides with my wife who had auditioned for this role of Petra, um, who was like my ex-wife on the show. And I remember being like, oh my God, if you get this, who's this hot guy going to be? Like, they describe him. Like, he's going to be super sexy. Am I going to be okay with you making out with this guy for? And then, of course, that was the role I got because that's not how I see myself at all. Um, and, and, and I had no idea what it, what it was going to be. And then it became a show. We got picked up. We had, it was lightning in a bottle for a second. And I said, okay, if I'm going to do this for two, three, four, five years, I'm going to build what I love out of it. I'm going to use this because I was knocking on every door in Hollywood and nobody would answer. I didn't have anything to offer. I wasn't on a, I was on a show. I wasn't proven. So within a year of being on the show, I was like, all right. So I sold the show to the CW. My last days, the show I'd been working on about people with a terminal illness. I helped develop something called CW Good to, to get the actors to start using their platforms for good. And then I pitched Five Feet Apart, which is my first film. And I was doing all that while I was working, all great stuff, but I was never present. I didn't enjoy being on the show because I was so busy thinking about other things. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's kind of my like overall journey. Was it worth it? Of course. What, if I could go back in time, would I do it a little bit different? Absolutely. I'd enjoy my time there because you, you know, you guys know we get a show, it's lightning in a bottle. You work with people that you love. That's not always the case. And that's what it was for, for those five years. Wow. That's a great oh, story. Wow. So Marina, the movement, which I think is just so phenomenal and everything you're doing is pretty phenomenal. Justin, you know, it's pretty phenomenal. Um, so how did, how did it start? Uh, it started with me realizing I had a load of work to do as a man. That's how it started. Started with uh, started with getting married to an incredible, powerful, strong woman who holds a mirror to me every day. Um, with healing, with looking at my life and being tired of wondering, like, why did I say that in front of that person? Why do I change in front of that person? Why do I need to feel powerful here. Why am I addicted to my wife? Why am I interrupting her? Like being tired of all of these things and asking and never asking myself why, because as a man, I've never had to ask myself why I do anything or how I feel about anything because nobody really cares. So learning how to ask, actually ask myself, well, how do I feel about that? Am I hurting or do I just, am, why, why do I have, why, why am I having a hard time breathing? Oh, I'm fine. No, that's anxiety, Justin. You need to work on that. You need to look at that. These are things that I never asked myself. And then the deeper I got, I realized that this isn't just a problem with me. This is the problem with every single man that I know. And, and as, as someone who's always been surrounded by women and hearing women talk about men, I realized like, oh, we have a larger endemic issue here. 
that needs to be talked about. And I looked up and there was nobody talking about it who looked like me, who was young at the time. <laughs> um, there were professors talking about it. There were gender studies, um, uh, you know, authors and, and, and courses you could take in college, but there wasn't something for the average guy and it wasn't in the zeitgeist. And so I started talking about it and uh, learning about it really. And I started making my journey learning about my own stuff public. What I also found interesting was the more I talked about my wife, my daughter, my hopes for her, feminism, the more I was noticing how shocked women were that somebody in my position was talking about it. And then I was like, well, what do you mean? Why is this a thing? Because I was raised in the Baha'i faith and the Baha'i faith were told that women and men are not just equal in many ways, women can be seen as superior to men. And, and, and when you look at, um, when you look at uh, um, the way that women handle emotion and when you look at compassion and, and empathy, these things that women are strong in, we men are lacking in. And there's a quote I love in the Baha'i writings that says, women and men can be likened to two wings, uh, women and men, men can be likened to two wings of a bird. It's not until the wings are equivalent in strength that the bird can fly. So I grew up in this idea and yet, I was looking around and no men were talking about these things. No men were talking about masculinity in the sense of something that should be improved on. Mm -hmm. It was only like what it means to be a man, right? What are the steps to become more masculine? It was how to become an alpha, how to get the girl, how to possess the girl, how to, that's the stuff we were talking about as men. That's why we buy self-help books, but nobody was talking about like, what about the soft men? Soft is a weakness. Well, is it? I don't think it is. Why are we not talking about our emotions and our feelings? Why, why is that a bad thing? And so I just started talking about it. And, uh, and, and it was very interesting to see how few were. And then it grew and it grew and it grew. And I realized we had to do more. So I started a show. I was asked to do a TED Talk, which I almost turned down because I was terrified. <laughs> and, um, and it's been a very slow build because uh, men are slow adopters in this space. <laughs> The Baha'i, is the Baha'i philosophy? That's how you call it? The Baha'i faith. Baha the Baha'i faith, where, yeah, where, that's our where, where, where does it come from? It's funny, my dad used to be a Baha'i. Oh, wow. Interesting. Yeah. Your dad? Yeah, I studied, I, my dad was a Baha'i for, I mean, I, I guess he, he was never really religious. He became a Baha'i when I was probably like in junior high, high school. And then I started no studying way. world religions when I was in college, just as an elective. And I studied, and I did a whole paper, a whole thing on, on Baha'i, because that's the one thing I knew that was not even being talked about in. So how come you're, you're not Baha'i? I mean, why come I'm not behind? <laughs> I didn't. It did, it did, I, I think there are a lot of great teachings in it for sure. There's a lot of beautiful teachings. Yeah, a lot of, so, so here, here's 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 the the short summary. The Baha'i Faith is a world religion that started in Iran in the eighteen in the eighteen forties. That okay. um, that essentially believes we're all one human family. We are the fruits of one tree and the leaves of one branch, that all the religions are one. There is one God, not a guy in the sky with a beard who's judging us, but an unknowable essence that has created life, has created humankind to develop spiritual virtues, to eventually find unity. And all the religions are essentially just different chapters in one book. That's the basic belief. Yeah, of the and it's like every, and the every purpose, prophet is like Buddha, Jesus. They're all the same. They're just different incarnations of what God would be if you were to place them on 
the planet, so to speak. They've come at different times and different, different times, places yes. based on our capacity. It's like, you know, our kids are, my daughter is learning, you know, basic addition. And one day she's going to learn division, but she needs the basic addition to understand division. Mm -hmm. So the teachers are all teaching just um, advanced courses of the same thing. It's all one religion meant to bring us closer to God. And the purpose is service and the oneness of humankind. So every human being has to find their thing and be of service in some capacity over the course of their life and develop these spiritual attributes. So that's the basic building block of what the Baha'i faith is. And your, your parents practiced Baha'i? That's how you learned yeah, about my, it? Yeah, my mom was Jewish and then she became a Christian and then she became a Baha'i in the 70s. And then my dad became a Baha'i when he met my mom. And then uh, oh. I was I was raised in the faith and, so you, I, you and, I, and I had to choose it. So one of the tenets of the Baha'i faith is the independent investigation of truth. So every human being has to investigate truth for themselves. I can't just become something because my mom or my dad is. I have to learn it and figure out if it's real for me. And then from that point on, if it's real for me, if I believe in it, then I live my life in according to the teachings. We have too many too many instances around the world where we just become the thing that our parents are and we don't really believe it. Um, and then of course you have people falling out of the church and you have people going to church on Sundays and then doing very bad things the other six mm -hmm. days of the week. Mm -hmm. um, and this is really all about having that um, ha faith is like having, you know, it's kind of like the sperm and the egg meat. It's like, it creates this new entity in yourself. And so for me, it's really driven all of my, all of my decisions. And uh, it's a center point of my life. My, my wife is a Baha'i and we're raising our kids in the faith. And hopefully we're raising our kids in the faith so that when they grow up, they can choose for themselves what they believe in. Because mm. um, detachment is a big part of it. Yeah, that's great. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. As an actor, a producer, and a proud Latino father, my days can get very busy, which is why I make sure to dedicate time to what's important, like supporting my community through my work, sharing my Colombian and Venezuelan culture, and being present for my family, which is everything to me. Hey, everyone. It's Wilmer Valderrama. And we're reflecting on what matters most, I start by giving thanks for good support in my life whenever I need to make the big decisions. How about you? If it's insurance you need, State Farm is there to help you choose the right coverage for you. And State Farm offers great support 24-7. Just call an agent. State Farm is also a big supporter of Michael Tuda Podcast Network by helping to share our Latinx voices. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite Michael Tuda shows wherever you get your podcasts.
Tengo diabetes. Yo, asma. Estamos, Estamos en riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocósica. 19 años o más con afecciones crónicas como asma, diabetes, EPOC o enfermedad cardíaca o tienes 65 años o más, estás en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocósica. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar 20, una vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocósica con una sola dosis. Aunque te hayas vacunado previamente con otras vacunas contra la neumonía, Prevnar 20 puede ayudar a proveer protección adicional. Prevnar 20 está aprobada para adultos para ayudar a prevenir infecciones de 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumocósica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Los adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. Los efectos secundarios incluyen dolor e hinchazón en el área de la inyección, fatiga, dolor de cabeza, dolor muscular y en las coyunturas. Para obtener la información para la prescripción completa, llama al 1-855-213-2138 o visita Prevnar 20 en español.com. You, you've gone from the podcast and now you have your book that is uh, available now on Amazon, but there is a paperback release coming May 3rd, correct? And this is going to be yeah, encompassing yeah. within your podcast, within all your space, all your teachings, all your talks. You're summing it all up in a book. Yeah, so we actually, so uh, the book came before the podcast. We started oh, the podcast oh. actually after. Um, and, I, and the book is really just a, It's my journey of trying to understand what the hell it means to be a man. I'm not teaching anybody anything. It's a very raw, vulnerable exploration um, because I could only DM so many people or have so many personal <laughs> conversations with men. Um, and I'm not trying to like start, you know, uh, be a thought leader and start courses and do the whole thing. This is really just how can I share my experience also as a way for, for my own healing. Um, so that men can hopefully see themselves in this journey and and figure out and take steps in their own life and start asking the same questions that I've been asking myself. So it's really raw and uncomfortable and um you get a glimpse into my sometimes, you know, dark and secure mind of the things that I struggle with. Um and yeah, it comes out on paperback and then I have a I have a middle grade book. I wrote a book for boys for 10 to 15, 16-year-old boys that's going to come out in October that uh, I actually am even more excited about. Yeah, it's called- The same topic? Same topic, it's, it's, okay. it's called, yeah. Um, I don't even know if I'm allowed to say what it's called yet, but because we haven't officially released it, but it's it's gonna be for boys all around masculinity. That's great. And, and because that was, that's where we learn it, right? It's where we learn it is 10, 11, 12 years old mm -hmm. on the playground from other boys discovering porn, not being able to talk to anybody about sex, bullying, getting bullied that power dynamic. Um, these are things that I, I think we really need to, to talk about with our young boys to create a much safer world yeah. for not just women, but queer and trans folks and other boys too. Especially nowadays that these kids are born with this difference, almost like genetically the DNA, they grow so fast and technology is so out of control, you know, that, that yeah. they need that foundation. Otherwise, eight out of ten get lost you know because there's yeah. so much information so that's amazing and i read here is this true that the book is actually coming out in spanish as well yeah it's in spanish it is it's in spanish oh fantastic ¿Cómo se llama? suficientemente hombre wow okay yeah. that's very um, cool yeah it's in it's in uh it's in spanish and i do not do the uh spanish audiobook though i can tell you that <laughs> it's true <laughs> no no 
That's awesome. I, I have a lot of respect for what you're doing, man. It's it's uh it's great to see someone that's in your position, that's had your success, who's been through the struggles, um, personally and through this business and laying it all out there. I think, like you said, you're not here to teach, but at the end of the day, you are because you're mm-hmm. you're you're sharing your journey and so many people are gonna benefit from your experiences. Wow. You know, sweet. and, and it ends up being your teaching. So it's it's uh uh, kudos to you. I'm, I'm really, really impressed hearing about all of it. It's, yeah. it's great. Oh, I appreciate it. I got one question, Eric. How, how are you, how are you doing? Uh, With my masculinity? I'm just, I, well, <laughs> no, I'm just curious. Well, because no, you're true. working on a show, you said, right? Yeah. And you have the kids. Yeah. How are you, how is that working out for you? How are you uh, balancing that? You know, I, I do have help. My, my mom is phenomenal and she's like my right hand lives down the street from us. Uh, so she's, she helps me a lot. And we have a nanny that's been with us since our daughter was three months old and she's now 10. So she's been with us for 10 years. So wow, awesome. six weeks old. Since you six weeks old, you said? Oh, okay. Well, you guys even longer, but we, so I have, I have two, I have an incredible support system around me. I still, um, you know, like this morning I'm up and I'm making the kids lunches and I'm taking them both to school cause I'm off today and I'm, you know, dealing with them. They come home and getting dinner ready. And I'm, I'm, I'm the one that usually does the cooking. Even when Roz is home, I do the cooking, right? Roz, I'm the one that plans the dinner. I am that, I'm that guy. No, it's okay. I do the, my <laughs> wife doesn't like to cook too. Yeah, so, she does, she does so Roz, many other things. Yeah, Roz I is like actually a great cook. Just doesn't like to cook <laughs> only like for special occasions. Funny enough, Christmas, great dinner, Thanksgiving, great dinner. But so I, uh, I am uh, a very proud, like super hands-on dad that loves getting into the nitty gritty of the kids. Um, That's awesome. So man. I tackle a lot of it on my own, but I have an amazing support system. So it's it's doable. It's not easy, you know. I lose my patience. Yeah. <laughs> and you get to you get to shoot. You get to shoot in L.A. Yeah, yeah. Right? I, I uh, shoot what in LA. Won the lottery. I always yeah. said I won the lottery getting to shoot in L.A. for five years. A hundred percent. Yeah, it's it's been great to have that as a home base. So it's. It's a juggling act, but you know, we miss mom and we want her home soon too. So it's, we make it work. <laughs> uh, when do you get to go home? I'm done here June 10th. So the next day, the 11th, wow. I, I go, but then he leaves to go to Monaco. And then it's a, it's a, you know, we're supposed to do a movie in Mexico that now it's not happening, which I'm, I, I mean, it's devastating because you develop something for two years and you plan your life around it. And it's such a big, accomplishment that is a go and now because of scheduling issues it's not but at the same time it's like you know what it's a blessing i've been i'm gonna be gone for almost five months and even though the kids were gonna go to mexico for a little bit i think i just need to go home i'll be home mm. you know what i mean for for yeah, a little bit yeah, until yeah. the next the next thing um happens but yeah it's it's been listen it's been it's a negotiate it's a constant negotiation it's yeah. a constant what if you know, like, and, and you just hope for for the best. It's been it's been tough. It's been tough. They come in a week and a half. They're here for two weeks. Oh, that's great! I cannot wait. I I can't wait. Oh, that's gonna be so great. Oh, kudos to you guys for working through it and being so loving and uh, and consulting so much. It's it's a it's a huge challenge for two people in this industry. So appreciate it, man. Appreciate it. Thank you. And thank yeah. you for your time today. Thank you for being with us and hanging out and all the, uh, the info. I want to sign a copy of that book. <laughs> hey brother. I want to read Absolutely. it. Absolutely. You got it. I'll send you one. Uh, I'll have one dropped off to you. Do me a favor and sh- um, shoot me over your, uh, your, shoot me your email or whatever it is. And yeah. I'll it to you. yeah. That'd be great, man. Yeah. Much. Uh, continued awesome. success. Not, not that you have time to read a book with kids at home and working on a series. <laughs> right now, but, uh, but I, I there's mean, an, there's, <laughs> I'm very impressed by it.
I love the content that you're putting out into the world, everything from the book, from the podcast, from the movies that you're directing and your whole movement is so needed. So thank you for that. Yeah. So sweet. I really appreciate it. I've, uh, I've known of you guys for, for years and it's nice to, it's nice to, uh, to be here with you. It's really sweet. Awesome. Thanks, man. Alrighty, bye Appreciate bye. it. Thank you. So much. All right. Justin. Cheers, guys. Good luck with everything. Take care. Thanks, you too. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That was great. This is one of the things I love about this podcast. I love meeting new people that blow me away with just stuff I never would have expected. I, I, I know. only know who just who he was. I only knew Justin was, and uh, obviously from the success of uh, Jane the Virgin, but I, not in a million years would I have thought this was going to be the podcast. And I love these surprises. He's, uh, you know, and we have a lot of friends in common. Um, and it, the, the common denominator every time from, every time I talk to people and his name comes up is that, that he's like a different breed. You know what I mean? Like, like he's on a realm of his own. 100%. And now I, I get it because he's definitely, he's like anointed with, with, with just compassion and, and, and knowledge that, that a lot of people don't have, especially men. So the fact that he has been able to, use this as his crusade, you know, as his north, trying to not, like he said, I don't want to teach, but like you said, Eric, it's, he's teaching, yeah, even though teaching. He, like he is, you know, and I think it's needed. And, and, you know, I, I, I hear the podcast, this podcast, you know, and the wife also, he's, her energy is also next level, you know, so I think they have something beautiful going on and I hope that it continues and they become a force of nature when it comes to changing lives, you know, and I think they have the, the, the capacity to do it. Absolutely. All right. Let's be better humans. Love you. Love you. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to write us a review and tell us what you think. If you want to follow us on Instagram, check us out at he said, ella dijo, or send us an email, Eric and Ross at iHeartRadio.com. He said, ella dijo is part of iHeartRadio's My Cultura Podcast Network. See you next time. Bye. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Tengo diabetes. Yo, asma. Estamos en riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocócica. 19 años o más con afecciones crónicas como asma, diabetes, EPOC o enfermedad cardíaca o tienes 65 años o más, estás en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocócica. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar 20, una vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocócica con una sola dosis. Aunque te hayas vacunado previamente con otras vacunas contra la neumonía, Prevnar 20 puede ayudar a proveer protección adicional. Prevnar 20 está aprobada para adultos para ayudar a prevenir infecciones de 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumocócica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Los adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. Los efectos secundarios incluyen dolor e hinchazón en el área de la inyección, fatiga, dolor de cabeza, dolor muscular y en las coyunturas. Para obtener la información para la prescripción completa, llama al 1-855-213-2138 o visita Prevnar20 en español.com. There are a lot of things that matter to me. Family, community, culture, and peace of mind. Hi, it's Wilmer Valderrama, and when balancing life, I have to say nothing brings more comfort than having support. And when it comes to ensuring those things that matter to you the most, 
State Farm offers the support with an agent available in person or on the phone to discuss your coverage options. Support when you need it, however you choose. That's State Farm's way. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. 